0: Welcome to the Life With Comics Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. See, I should try movie trailers with that voice. I would do movie trailers with that voice. Um, but anyways, welcome to the Life With Comics Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Denver Nota here with another special episode of Life With Comics and Comic Book History. And on this episode, I'd like to focus on the Marvel character, the Norse god of thunder, Thor Odinson. And what I'll be going through in this episode is his origin story, how different he is from Norse mythology, how different he is from the MCU, and the theme of being worthy and dealing with self-worth. Okay, first up, as usual, I go into a character's origin story, and getting into Thor's origin story, Thor was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby in the Journey into Mystery Comics number 83, where he was fighting the Stone Men from Saturn. When we're introduced to Thor, he's in the form of Donald Blake, you know, his alter ego, who is a lame man walking with the cane, and he stumbled upon a stick in which, if he tapped on the ground, will turn him into Thor, and he will possess the power of Thor. And the journey into mystery comics used to be just about different horror stories and sci-fi stories with each and every issue, but then with the introduction of Thor, it really changed it into into a mainstream Thor comic, which was always about him. It expands on the Thor mythos by introducing characters such as odin loki heimdall and the others even the character of galactus was introduced in the journey to mystery comics i really want to talk about galactus too just on a side note here i really really want to talk about galactus and how actually while you may think of him as a villain um he's portrayed as a villain but actually he's not Galactus is a much more tragic character than he actually than you actually think about it. He, it's it's a very sad story for him and how he goes about doing his thing <laughs> in the Marvel universe. Now, throughout the early run of Thor, he has this alter ego of his Donald Blake and he switched to and from this character for a while until he eventually decided to move away from the whole alter ego thing eventually finds out later in other issues that Odin sent Thor to Earth and wiped out all of his memories. Uh, he literally just flung him into Earth into a new persona of Donald Blake. And from then on, Donald Blake would go on living this normal life as if he was always there. Thor eventually finds out that um, he obviously is Thor god of thunder and he's the son of odin the norse king of all gods the all father of of asgard in which asgard is one of the nine realms in which i'll explain here in a little bit and thor has been alive for thousands and thousands of years and is part of the norse pantheon of gods so thor was born to odin and not frigga as people think but Gaia instead, which is kind of like Mother Earth. Uh, It's really complicated in real Norse mythology. It's complicated as well, and I won't get into that. (laughs) It's really confusing. It's really confusing. But Thor grew up with his stepbrother Loki. And now just a little quick rundown of Loki. Loki is The god of mischief in Norse mythology and Marvel Universe. You know, he's the stepbrother of Loki by the means that in a battle um, between Odin and his sworn enemies, the ice giants of Jotunheim, uh, Jotunheim's one of the nine realms, he kills Lofi, who's the king of the giants at this time, but the child of Lofi was still alive, and Oda decided to take pity on this child and decided to adopt him as his own, and that child was Loki. Loki Lofi's son. Um, and that's like a small rundown, Loki's origin. Um, He does live side to side by his brother, and, you know, just do, doing what childhood things do in, in, I don't know, what you do in Asgard, but Yeah. <laughs> So, Thor and Loki grew up together, but the way they saw it it, between the two of them, it was just Thor saw Loki as a brother, but Loki saw Thor as a rival of some sort, uh, because eventually one of them would rule Asgard once Odin decides to kick the bucket, and, well, once Ragnarok hits, uh, but I'll get into that in a little bit too. Now... Getting into Thor's famous um, weapon, Mjolnir. Um, At one point in time, Odin gets the dwarves to craft a powerful weapon, which Thor's most famous weapon, the hammer Mjolnir, which is literally the power of a cosmic storm forged inside a hammer, and puts an enchantment on it that says, Whosoever wields this hammer, if they be worthy shall possess the power of Thor and throughout his childhood and growing up for years and years, Thor had to prove himself to be worthy just so he could wield this hammer. Um, I remember in The Unworthy Thor, like Thor as a young, brash child was so focused on trying to get the hammer, trying to lift the hammer and, you know, he couldn't. He had to prove himself worthy. And Eventually, he does, he proves his worthiness and gets the hammer in Thor annual number 11, uh, which was quite a while ago, Um, in 1996, in 1966, actually, that's over 40 years ago. Actually, that's over 60 years ago. No, no, it's over 50 years ago. Now, as to why Thor was sent to Earth um, by Odin, He was sent to Earth because he'd become brash, you know. He was more akin to his actual Norse counterpart, where he'd go around looking for battle, fighting ice giants wherever he could, searching the Nine Realms just for a fight, and he was in general just basically a dick. (laughs) Not necessarily a dick, but he's just like a guy who would look for fights all the time, you know choose the more violent path instead of, you know, a more diplomatic approach to things. And Odin sent him to Earth to teach him humility, uh, to make him calm down much, you know, like, dude, chill out, like, come on, dude, like, Chill the fuck out, you know, there's there's no need to go fighting every single day or looking for a good fight and then go back and, and drink pints in wherever in Asgard. Some I can imagine them having a bar in Asgard somewhere. Where it's just like, oh Thor works up in. It's like, you know, the usual mead and you know, I just killed a nice giant today. Good times. I'll kill another one tomorrow. <laughs> and during that time on Earth, Thor helped help start the Avengers team with the Hulk, the Wasp, Ant-Man and Iron Man, the original Avengers team and guess who had the, who actually brought them together the first villain that they fought together was none other than Thor's brother Loki. Now, uh, they also eventually removed the whole Donald Blake and Thor thing sharing the whole same body and just reverted to just thor being there you know it was getting really tired because everyone had an alter ego out there peter parker spider-man superman clark kent the uh, batman bruce wayne they you know it was just too much it was just too much of the same thing so they decided to keep thor as thor now going into the differences between norse mythology um there are not so many differences from Thor in the comics and Thor from Norse mythology. Even though the mythos are vastly different, though, and reading Dr. Turmberg, it's The Norse Myths, which is a very, very excellent book to read, which tells some of the stories, the, describes each and every character in the Norse mythos. Thor in mythology is not only the god of thunder, but he's a god of strength, storms trees and believe it or not fertility and hallowing even looks different from the hair while it's blonde in the comics he's kind of like a redhead he has a red beard and now the biggest term i wanted to go through is the term of ragnarok the twilight of the gods as so it's put ragnarok is the biggest thing in norse mythology Ask anyone of Norse mythology what's the biggest thing they know. Yeah, they'll probably say Thor. um, And then they'll say there's Ragnarok. Ragnarok is where everything goes haywire. Shit hits the fan. (laughs) It's super bad. (laughs) Like left, right, and center. Things just go fucked up beyond all recognition. (laughs) It's truly messed up. Ragnarok is... The apocalypse for the gods—it's the end times of the world—and in this last epic and cataclysmic battle, everyone dies. Like it, it, it's truly dark. <laughs> so, Ragnarok in Norse mythology all is all started by Loki. Now, quick explanation: Ragnarok in Norse mythology is started all by Loki. To digress a little bit, quick explanation, Loki in Norse mythology is a bit different from the comics. He's still the god of trickery and mischiefs, but, and gets up to some shady stuff, but instead of him being Thor's brother uh, and being adopted by Odin, Loki's kinda like Odin's brother instead. He's much more older than Thor, but Thor is still the big guy in, in Asgard, though, you know. Thor is still the, like, sort of like the big the big bad guy not not the big bad guy but like the the muscle the muscle of Asgard Loki still a big-time jerk though like there's no denying it now the most important part of the differences of Loki is his children he has the children Hela who's the goddess of death Fenrir the wolf who's very important for Ragnarok the Midgard serpent (laughs) um, I can't really say his name, Jormungandr, Jorm I think, the Midgard Serpent, which is very important for Ragn- Ragnarok, um, too, and Sleipnir, which is Odin's battle horse. But apart from that, Loki, L- Loki, Loki, he's legit, he's, he's awesome, he's cunning, he's far, he's funny, and The guy can talk trash. Like, when the story of when Loki roasts the gods, Loki goes into uh, a hall and all the gods are having fun, you know, but they they didn't like what he did before and they just kind of like, sort of like not invite him to it. But he gets there and he trash talks everyone until Thor shows up and then, you know, he has to hightail it out of you. (laughs) Now, getting back to Ragnarok, loki is the beginning of all of it in all the worlds in all the nine realms there's just battles everywhere and in the final battle hear me out loki faces off against heimdall they kill each other odin and Fenrir. Fenrir literally swallows odin whole but then Fenrir is later killed by one of odin's sons can't remember who it is thor versus the midgard serpent Thor kills the serpent, but takes nine steps and falls dead. But literally everything perishes. And the sad thing is that they always knew it was going to be this way. All the gods knew of the coming of Ragnarok. Odin especially. Odin saw in the future and he knew that this was going to end. Now, in the comics, the best version... Of in terms of Ragnarok was in J. Michael Straczynski's run of Thor in 2007, where Ragnarok happens, and in that version, Loki obviously starts Ragnarok, but before that, Odin was already dead, and Asgard was just in shambles, and Thor was also in charge of Asgard at that time. So, Loki invades Asgard and takes it over. Thor is cast out, and literally... Everyone who hasn't died was just running for their lives. Now, Thor goes to this well called Mimir's Well, which is the place where Odin got his powers by sacrificing his eye and hanging himself. But when Thor gets there, the the well says, Yeah, I I just, I need more than just what Odin did. I I need a little bit more. You can't just do the same, because if you do the same, I'm going to give you so much as Odin had. So Thor sacrifices both his eyes and hangs himself for a few days and becomes uber-powerful. Like, really, really powerful. He's called, um, if you go around comic book forums, the most powerful version of Thor was called Rune King Thor. And he he was, like, he was a beast, man. (laughs) Even though we only saw him for, like, a few pages or so, but he was a beast. So, Thor, with that power, easily beats Loki and takes back Asgard. But Thor finds out that Ragnarok was a cycle all this time. That it would keep happening for these beings called those who sit above in shadow in order for them to gain power. So, in response to that, in that comic, Thor looks at the beings, those who sit above in shadow, and is like, okay, fine. For this cycle to stop... You guys need to go. So he completely annihilates them. Rune King Thor completely annihilates those who sit above in shadow. And eventually Thor learns to himself that Odin sending Thor was a way in order to stop this entire cycle of Ragnarok happening. So Ragnarok has happened for Norse gods over and over and over again. And Odin finally had... The thought of, you know, stopping the cycle of Ragnarok. And the cycle of Ragnarok ends there for the Norse gods in comic books. Now, I want to get into Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. One of the biggest things about Thor is his hammer, Mjolnir. The Norse version of Mjolnir straight up sucks. Um, It looks bad. (laughs) It looks like a necklace, honestly, but the comic version looks cool. You know, it looks just like some solid piece of freaking steel that you can, I don't know, hit someone or, yeah, it looks cool. That's all I'm going to say. It looks cool. (laughs) But what's important about Mjolnir is who actually gets to wield Mjolnir and the reason why. It goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than just being worthy. So it says the only way to wield Thor's hammer is by being worthy. Odin put an enchantment on it that says, whosoever wields this hammer, if they be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Now, while Thor is worthy and has had that mantle of Thor for years and years, there was a time recently where Thor actually lost his hammer. For like a good couple of years, up until last year, um, Thor couldn't lift his hammer. He just had uh, one of his other weapons, an axe called Yarnbjorn, and that's what he was using for a while. So, in the previous run by Jason Aaron from 2012 to 2019, there's a point in that story where Thor is not able to lift his hammer. Uh, In the event called Original Sin... Uh, by Jason Aaron in 2013, which is a pretty its a pretty okay story, uh, a, a lot of exposition, but it's a pretty okay story. There's a point uh, near the end of the story where the main antagonist of this event, I won't put any spoilers, the main antagonist whispers just a few words to Thor and just like that, he wasn't able to lift the hammer. And this went on for like uh, multiple runs, People went crazy over for it. You know, Thor can't lift his hammer. Like, what the hell? We didn't know what the words were at the time. It was just like a few hushed whispers. And we did not know. We did not know what those words were. And we only got to learn that uh, a few years later, in 2017, by uh, the story Unworthy Thor by Jason Aaron's what those words were at the time. And, sure, Thor may have been worthy. He's done worthy acts. But the utmost reason as to why he wasn't able to lift the hammer was that Thor himself, son, did not feel worthy. Thor did not feel worthy. He did not feel like he was inherently worthy and just like that, the hammer dropped. It was his own self-doubt, his feelings of unworthiness that caused him to lose the hammer. It's fleshed out in the comic uh, Unworthy Thor by Jason Aaron. There's an interesting conversation between Thor and Jane Foster, who's Thor's girlfriend at the time. Thor talks about how yet he may have done worthy acts every day. He fears that one morning he will try to lift the hammer and he wouldn't be able to pick it up. It was the fact that he had started having self-doubts in himself and who he is and how he is and just because of that he wasn't able to lift the hammer at all so that little self doubt in himself that little questioning that goes on to like am i really worthy to do this am i really that worthy to lift up the hammer do i myself legit feel not worthy of this power bestowed upon me and what i have in life he started feeling that he started thinking about that self-doubt caught him and it caused him to lose the hammer so the actual terms of the hammer is that yeah um you can be worthy to be able to lift the hammer but you yourself have to feel worthy enough to do so too and yeah actually there's been a multitude of people who have been able to lift thor's hammer actually uh The most common one is Beta Ray Bill in The Mighty Thor, number 337. Uh, Beta Ray Bill was just the guardian of his race, and when he was fighting Thor, he managed to lift Mjolnir and wreck Thor with it. That was like the first time, you see, we're just like, oh my god, he just lifted Thor's hammer. (laughs) Again, uh, Captain America in uh, the story fear itself which is fantastic that, that story is amazing captain america in fear itself number nine uh he lifted thor's hammer when thor is fighting actually i won't get into that i won't spoil it to that fear itself excellent story go read it i highly recommend it that's why it wasn't a surprise when captain america lifted thor's hammer in endgame it was amazing to see but uh, that, that brought a tear to my eye <laughs> and apart from that most importantly the latest run of the mighty thor by jane by jason aaron jane foster was actually the one who had the hammer after odin's son couldn't lift it and it was amazing uh story jane foster as thor was a badass she was literally the only person out of so many countless gods to go up to odin and call him a coward (laughs) jane foster had balls Uh, (laughs) it was a great story great run i absolutely loved it now the key to those that lifted the hammer is that they themselves were not mired in self-doubt and the feeling of not being worthy it's because they it's because they themselves they thought they were doing they were supposed to do and did not focus on that self-doubt and unworthiness in their heads. So it's a stark outline of how if we're mired in self-doubt, we do begin to feel unworthy. As the writer Wayne Dwyer puts it, self-worth comes from one thing, thinking that you yourself are worthy. Or Ian Vanzin says, Self-worth is an understanding on the intellectual level, trusting at the heart level, and accepting at the soul level that you are worthy just because you believe that you are. Your worthiness is proven by existence, your breathing, the beating of your heart, your mere presence is all that is needed to establish your worth. So yes, um, us humans, sometimes we feel low, and yes, we may doubt ourselves from time to time. And while we may not feel worthy ourselves, in reality, we are worthy, regardless whether we feel that or not. It's just getting to that point where you yourself feel like you are worthy. We are worthy, regardless if we feel so or not. And that's what Thor represents, the fact that yes, we may feel as if we are not worthy, but we actually are. So that's it on this episode of Life with Comics. I <laughs> I hope you might have learned something, get an interest into the mighty Thor Odin's son and you know how he represents being worthy. so... Quick disclaimer, just please follow my podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud, share it wherever I can. I could really use a great amount of followers, and yeah, I will speak to you soon. (laughs) Cheers.